Hi everyone, I uh, hope you're all doing okay. Uh, Dave here from a very autumnal Leeds. Um, now for anyone that's listened to this podcast for quite a while now, you'll know that I like to move forwards and backwards in time, speaking to various uh, Chesterfield players from different eras at the club. Uh, and we have had some players that have uh, played with us really, really recently, but um, uh, today's is about as recent as you can get because we have Jonathan Smith on the podcast. Uh, now, Jonathan spent uh, three years with us at Chestfield uh, from 2018, uh, left in this summer of 2021, uh, just gone. And it was really interesting to have a chat with him uh, about his, his beginnings of his career at places like Forest Green Rovers and Swindon, where he played against us in the Johnston's Paint Trophy final, and uh, also at Luton, where he's a bit of a cult hero. Um, but obviously that time when he came to Chesterfield was uh, a very troubling one uh, on and off the pitch. Um, we had Martin Allen who first brought him to the club uh, and then John Sheridan, John Pemberton and now James Rowe. So he gave us his thoughts on all of those managers and the time at the club. Things about dealing with pressure uh, when you're trying to turn a club around and, uh, and being moved from position quite a lot. And, um, and yeah, his thoughts on different managers. Uh, that he had during his time with us. Uh, he speaks really well uh, about the game and he's still playing at FC United of Manchester too uh, whilst doing a teaching qualification. So we wish Jonathan all the best and it was really interesting having a chat with him. Um, we are at Spy Legends on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Legends of the Spire on Facebook so do get in touch. Uh, but I hope you all enjoy this latest episode. I found it quite uh, quite enlightening about the last few years at the club. Uh, here we are with Jonathan Smith. To get a little bit of a little bit of background before we get to Chesterfield, I just wanted to know about your youth career because you actually started at Morecambe, didn't you? And I saw in an interview that you did where you said you kind of felt like you had to work really hard to get a career in football. It wasn't, you didn't kind of... Yeah, it, it was sort of, I'd, from 8 to 16, I was at my hometown called Preston, which I supported. You know, I, I just loved them like yourself. You love your Chesterfield. Preston was my club and I just loved watching them as a kid and got season ticket older, ball boy. I just, I just did everything. I just loved it. I, I didn't miss a game. And, you know, my dream would have been to play for Preston. I got 16 and I... I think at the time they were sort of everyone was looking. I think it was because of what Chelsea was doing um, under Mourinho. I was sort of buying the, you know, the big powerful players. And at the time I wasn't the biggest. And I think at Preston at that point it was sort of oh, if if you're a big lad, I could make him into something. Um, at the time I wasn't the biggest. I was getting pushed around a little bit, and it was probably it was probably the right decision. As much as it hurts, it hurt me at the time. It was it was probably right. I probably wasn't quite ready to get that contract. So then it was sort of, where do I go from here? Um, and then I got in touch with Morecambe FC, who I knew had a really good academy. Um, they got in touch with me, actually, invited me to come down and do some training, um, which I did straight away. really enjoyed it. Um, straight away, just felt like they wanted me there. Was it Preston? I sort of, I just sort of didn't feel wanted, to be honest. Just felt like I was there and it was never going to go on to anything, really. Um was at Morecambe straight away, just felt wanted. A manager called Jim Harvey um, was the first team manager. And straight away, even though I was at the college um, playing for the U team, straight away he was, he, was, he was saying good things to me that, you know, he wanted me in training with the first team. And yeah, it just, it just, it just went really well from, from the off goal, really. Hmm. Were you, were you where, which position were you in? Because obviously we're, we're at Chesterfield, we used to, you played all over the shop, but where were you always yeah, in- I was a mid I was a midfielder and it, it was interesting because we had a really good U team we, we were we were for, for Morecambe FC we had such a good strong U team and I think six or seven lads got offered um, contracts out of that team and then on the day we were due to all all sign them um five of those players out of the seven got told those contracts aren't there anymore due to budgets blah 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 and he signed a player called Scott Davis, who's a goalkeeper, he's still at Tranmere now, um, and myself. And he, he sort of explained the reasons for him signing Scott because he wanted a young goalkeeper, you know, to be an understudy. And then he just said, and I'm going to offer Jonathan a contract, um, a professional contract. And he was just, he didn't explain why. Um, I knew he liked me, but it was sort of, there were lads in that team that scored sort of 50 goals in the season, you know, and so it was a bit of a, 
I mean, it caused a bit of uproar at the time with the other parents, but, you know, for me, it was good. You know, I got the opportunity and straight away, he just, you know, he just had me involved with some, you know, very experienced players, you know, who played, you know, lots of games and, you know, just put into a first team environment, you know, from 16, all of a sudden, 17, 18, I was in this environment that, you know, I, I was, you know, been given the opportunity and, yeah, they, they saw me as a central midfielder there, which 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 is, you know, I'd say is my strongest position, what I played in most throughout my career. Yeah, definitely. And and then you ended up eventually, via a, a couple of loan spells, I think you ended up at Forest Green, didn't you? Where you played you played kind of over hundred games, didn't you, for Forest Green? Yeah, um, I met that that was the place that sort of made my name for myself. It, it was an interesting one because the manager Jim Harvey was at Morecambe, he had an he had a heart attack before one of the games. Um and I was on the verge of getting in the first team at Morecambe at the time. So it was a bit of a blow to me that he mm. was told that by doctors he needed to take time off. Um, I think it was the stress of the job, really. And they tested his heart and he said, look, you need time off. Sammy McRoy came in. who um, was obviously a big name in football. Um, Jim Harvey had to sort of take a bit of time off and he was supposed to be coming back. But Jim Harvey never came back. Sammy McRoy ended up getting the club promoted. And although he offered me a new contract um, the year after, I just weren't, I was getting sent out on loan, you know, to your clubs like your Fleetwoods and your Bomber Bridges, which, which was great experience for me at the time, but it was sort of, I wasn't as close to the first team as I was under Jim Harvey. Um, but I got offered a new contract, I was going to sign it, and then Jim Harvey rang me out of the blue, said, look, I'm not coming back to Morecambe, I'm getting the job at Forest Green Rovers. My first thought was, his work, where is Forest Green? I was obviously 19, 20 year old, never really heard of it, I'll be honest. Um, I'd heard of them, but I didn't know where it was. Um, but straight away, I wanted to go. I just thought, if I go with him, there's a good chance I'm going to get games. And he told me that on the phone. I mean, it, it wasn't even big money what he was offering me. Whatever, to be honest, whatever he'd have offered me at that point, I would have, I would have accepted because I just knew that was my opportunity and probably the best thing I ever did, to be honest. Moved away from home, lived in shared accommodation and shared houses and, you know, just sleeping wherever I could really, but getting an opportunity to play in the National League every week at the conference it was at the time, you know, and it would, I was just making a name for myself. I was just sort of, you know, really wanting to prove myself. And, you know, Jim Harvey, I owe him a lot for him giving me that opportunity because at the time I, I was no one, you know, I'd played no games apart from a couple of loan spells. So I owe a lot to him for taking me down there and giving me that chance. Yeah, and, and I think probably Dale Vince probably came in right at the end of your time there didn't he but I just wonder what your thoughts were because they've obviously had like a, a really big rise and the whole wooden yeah. thing looks it's really interesting when I when when I was there, there there wasn't much money at the club it was they, they were sort of collecting outside the ground for donations it was just but there was always that thing in the in the background that, that, that people would say don't worry Forest Green will never will never struggle because it's such a a rich area affluent area that there's people in the background here that are ready to invest big money in this club. But I think at the time for me, it was good to be at a club that didn't probably have the budgets because it gave me a chance to play, you know. I think if I'd have gone when maybe Dale Vince was there, then it might have been a, a, a more tricky to get the opportunity. But because there wasn't the budget, I was in there, I was playing and, you know, it, it got me, like say, 100 games behind me and I was captain on occasions, good cup runs. And I think obviously now it's totally different. Um because even my dad actually invested a little bit of money to help them. He invested, he's, he's got a couple of shares in Forest Green, my dad, just because he wanted to help the club and what they'd done for me. Um, but now, obviously, <laughs> Dale Vince is in charge and they're doing this and they're doing that. It's just totally different from when I was there. But it's, it's good to see because I've still got good friends down there and people who support the club. And you know, it's just a great place for me to start, I'll be honest. How, how would you describe yourself as a player back then? So what, what were your kind of strengths? Yeah, I'd, I quickly realised that I needed to beef up and get stronger. That was the first thing I, I remember going to Forest Green thinking this this conference is a tough league and if I don't toughen up quick, if I don't get in the gym and get stronger and get quicker and get 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 more developed, then I'm, I'm going to get pushed around. So I quickly realised that I had to be, I was sort of fighting for my life really in terms of having to battle against these experienced players who wanted to kick kick younger players around. And I like it's a tough league now and it was a tough league back then, you know, with a lot of sort of experienced pros. I mean the refs sort of a bit more hot, a bit more sort of stricter now. You don't get away as much. Whereas back then you would you would be getting you would be getting pulled in corners and you would be getting nipped and, and knocked off the ball and little digs, little punches in your stomach. You would that's what it was like when I first started. Um 
obviously going back 15, 20 years, it's, it's, it's changed now. You don't get that as much. People are a bit more, I mean, there's a lot more football played in the league, you know, in my opinion, but. How did you cope? How did you cope with that? <laughs> yeah, I think it helped me. It turned me into sort of I need to be aggressive. I need to be. I need to give as good as I get because I remember one of the first games we played Altrincham and someone clattered into me really bad tackle and he only got a yellow card and you know now now it would be a red card. You know my ankle were absolutely blown up, but I was that keen to play. I played the next game. I just strapped it up and was like, I need to play. I can't afford to be injured. Like so, I was playing with a strapped with a big black ankle. Because I was just desperate to prove myself, desperate to, you know, get an opportunity. Because this was my chance, and I thought if I take my, if I come out of the team now, then this chance might be gone. I was always like, sort of, that was always a little bit of a worry for me. I always played on a little bit of that throughout my career. That a bit of like, bit of worry. Someone's going to take my place, or, or or or, and I don't know whether that helped me or not. But I was always that type where I need to do more than the next man to keep hold of my shirt, you know, and that. I was like a, a, more of a box-to-box midfielder, as you know. I, I think that's how I sort of see myself at my best. And if we go on to kind of, I, I mean, I, I suppose everyone always asks you about Swindon because of De Canio. Um, but it's interesting from a Chesterfield perspective because you played in the in the in the JPT final, didn't you? At Wembley, yeah. which was obviously against Chesterfield, which didn't turn out so well from your point of view, I suppose. But what well, I mean, that whole, I mean, De Canio as a He's a bit of a controversial figure in some ways, but what what was it like? Yeah, he he helped me a lot in terms of his discipline and his his desire and just his his you know everything was about football and the next training session, the next game, and he was so tactically good. He, he you know I mean he was so determined to win, and I think that helped me. He brought a bit of a mentality into me that that I took throughout my career. To be honest, he he. he he was such a he was such a tough guy to please. A tough, you know, training was tough every day. We were training long hours, late hours. But at the time, it was my first year in the football league, so for me, it was sort of I would have done anything. I would have trained till midnight every night. I would have I, I, I hanged off every word he said, you know, because I was like, this is my chance and whatever. We were top of the league, you know, winning, doing well in cups, doing well in everything, winning, and it was just it was just a great it was just a great time. Although it was really tough, it was probably the longest seasons I've ever had in terms of hardly getting days off, but I didn't mind it. I, I was obviously a single lad in Swindon. I had my little flat and I was just fully focused on football. It was just a, it, it was a good time. I didn't have the, the responsibility like like I've got now. It was just myself and mm. you know, I did I did love it. It was a good time. Yeah. And I, I guess you kind of slept, did you, for like two weeks at the end of that season? <laughs> yeah, it was, t- it was tough. It was, I mean, we won the league and it was just sort of, End of the season was just sort of a relief, really. It was such a disappointment to lose at Wembley. You know, it gave us the drive to, you know, go win the league. But, yeah, it, it was tough. Um, the amount of training I put into that season, because I'm, I'm, I've never been one for... I've always been quite lucky with injuries throughout my career, apart from one serious one I've had. I've always been quite robust. And I think I, I, think I trained every single training session he put on. I didn't miss one thing through illness, suspension, anything. I was just always there. So I, I did... You know, it, that was such a, you know, it was like two seasons in one for me. Yeah, and you mentioned that injury. It was a like a double leg break, wasn't it? Yeah, I've still got the, the metal rods in my leg now. I still sort of have to manage that situation through my through the rest of my career, really. I've got a I've got a metal I've got a metal nail near my knee. I've got and then I've got a rod all the way down the middle, and then I've got metal, I've got a few screws at the bottom near my ankle. So it's sort of an ongoing thing, you know, to have to manage that with um, with the training I do and the work I have to do in the gym, you know, it, 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 on cold days, you can feel it, you know, I feel that in, in your leg, it, it, it was, it's been a challenge having to to manage that through the rest of my career, but I, I weren't going to be the one, I, I, I didn't want that to finish me, to be honest, because th- there was a chance that that could be the end for me after that tackle, because um, it was such a bad break. Mm. Um, but fortunately, you know, I managed to get it, you know, to a point where I could keep, you know, keep going. But Gillingham still fancied themselves for an equaliser. From this corner, Charlie League headed over. But then Swindon wrapped up the win. Another fabulous goal. This time it was Jonathan Smith with the sweet finish for Paolo Di Canio's side. The manager couldn't have finished it better himself. Swindon leapfrogged Gillingham to sit seventh place in the table. It is. It does take a lot out, yeah. I mean, I'm still playing myself now, which... which... You know, I still love the match days and stuff, but it does, it does, it does take it, it does take it out of you. 
how old do you think you'll go on till? Just until, <laughs> do you think you'll get yeah, to the point where you just think, yeah, th- this is the time? Yeah, to be honest, Dave, it, it was going to be that in the summer. You know, I thought once I leave Chesterfield, where, where do I go from there? Do I, my, my, I had a plan what I wanted to do when I finished, and I thought once I get to, into that plan, do I have the time and motivation to go into sort of part-time football and, and slog it out, you know, Tuesday, Thursday nights and Saturdays? But um, at the time, I didn't. But then I went and met the FC United manager, and I went and watched the game there, and I just thought, you know what? I'm fit, I'm strong, I feel good. Let's have another year of playing, you know, if I can. Um, just because of, I was just motivated by going there, watching them and the crowds they get and stuff. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it another year. And, you know, I'm enjoying it at the minute, but I don't think I'll be the type to go on and on and on. I won't, I don't think. Um, just because the other things that I've got going on as well and the commitment needed, at, even at this level, even at the level I'm at now, although it's a lower level, it's still a big commitment, you know. Yeah. Does it, does it still feel the same? Uh, like as you, as you get as you get older, I suppose you're still putting the same amount of commitment, and you're still oh, looking yeah. at yourself in the same way. But I suppose it'll change, won't it, as you get older? Yeah, I mean, on match days it's done. I still get the still get the buzz. That's the thing. I still on a match day, like even for the last few years at Chesterfield, or even before that, I was never training. Was never. I'd always be there at training. I'd always give it everything, but it was never. I was never really looking forward to it. If I'm if I'm brutally honest, I weren't looking forward to coming in. I was happy when the training had finished. Hmm. come a match day I was a different person match days for me it, it was my life I lived I lived for them Saturdays Tuesday nights and that's why I used to sort of struggle a little bit when I well I've I, I, I come to terms with it a bit better now but lo- losing or if performances didn't go well it would hurt me because it, it meant so much to me them days I look forward to it I wake up on a Saturday with a different feeling I still do now um, so while I've still got that I think yeah I think I should still keep going so before we get to Chesterfield, uh, I just mentioned Luton because you played obviously a lot of games for Luton, like nearly 150 odd games for Luton, um, and you became a bit of a, a cult figure maybe there. Um, yeah, Luton was a big part of my career. I loved it there. Still good friends. I still do a little bit of bit of work for the manager and the and the chairman now when they need me to like scout a game or chat about a player or whatever. And he did that that. That club does mean so much to me, just just because of what happened there. My leg break, the promotions, you know, just just yeah, I had such a good time there. Um, it was such a just used to love playing at Canowith Road. I don't know if you've ever been there yourself, but such a good atmosphere and yeah, just just really enjoyed playing for the club. I'd have stayed there as long as I could. I'll be honest, I loved it down there, and you know, it was it was it was just the. The reception they gave me when I came back from my leg break, and you know how how the fans have been with me since. Still get a lot of messages from fans now. It's just yeah, it's like my second team. You know, I did I did love it down there. It was one. It was a good time for me. It's great, isn't it, to be like well remembered at a club because you get a lot of players that maybe can have up to twenty clubs or something and never spend that long at any of them. But to have that association where you're really well remembered, it must be really nice. It is, yeah, it is. I mean, I went and watched them on Saturday, and some of the fans were coming over and talking and stuff. They were playing Preston, my local team, and I didn't, I, I didn't have a game, so it was sort of go, go and watch Luton and Preston. Yeah, it was great. It was just, it, it is, it's, it, it is a special club to me in terms of, you know, where they've come from when I was there in the conference. You know, there was uproar, like, a bit like Chesterfield when I came to Chesterfield, and I saw Chesterfield in a similar light. I'll be honest, I thought. I'll come to Chesterfield, we'll get them back up, you know, we'll get them back on the road because it's a similar sort of, they're both big clubs and it was like that at Luton, you know, we managed to get them out of the conference and we were all heroes for getting them out of the conference, you know, and that is, it's, 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 it's a tough league, as you know yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I suppose teams like Chesterfield now need to use Luton as an, as an example of what you can do once you, it is just sometimes getting out of the National League, isn't it? And then you can kind of take the bounce from that and go anywhere. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough league, and you've got you've got to be able. To, I mean, you've got to be able to invest and get the good, get the good players, the right players in, and the the ones that you know know the league and want to do it. And then I think I played in League Two, League One myself. I I, I dare say the National League is as tough as any of them. And I think players struggle when they come down. They come down to National League, and it's a bit it's tougher than they think. You know, it's so physical and it's. It's, it is, there's one goes up, it's tough. Um, it's, it's one of them and you're there to be shot at. We had it at Luton, you're there to be shot at every week. Same at Chesterfield, you've got that lovely ground. You, everyone, you're there to be shot at. People, 
people play a different game when they come and play Chesterfield or Luton than they would when they play in Dover or Boreham Woods. You know, people have got a different feel about it because I, I have it myself now at FC United a little bit. We get big crowds in our league. Um, we get sort of two, sometimes 2,000 fans at home, which is a lot at this level. So when anyone ever plays FC United, it's the biggest game of the season. They come on, a big crowd and they've got a nice ground. It, they, it's like a, a cup game. So they raise the game and you're always battling against that. Whereas obviously as you get up the league, you back you you know it doesn't become like that then, and it becomes back to um, um, we're back where we belong. So you came to Chesterfield. So we're talking summer of 2018, aren't we? Um, well, no, it was it was actually after that, wasn't it? Because you came on like a loan, didn't you, initially from Stevenage? Yeah. How did that kind of all happen? Just got just got a phone call out of my, um, from my now and out of the blue said obviously I've seen you play before would you like to come Chesterfield on loan and I just snapped his hands off straight away I just knew that Chester I knew all about Chesterfield big club um, I played against them in League Two I, I just knew they were a good good club and I thought you know what Martin Allen absolute character um, I just thought yeah. I'll go and get some games. Uh, I think it took me a few games to realise that my fitness probably wasn't up to what it should be. But but once I got going, started really enjoying it and, you know, loved playing for Martin Allen. You know, one of the, I think, one of the most memorable times of my career playing for Martin Allen, just such a character, such a, you know, great football guy. He made you smile every day, motivate, he really motivated your match days. He was such a good motivator. Tactically not amazing, but, you know, he got so much out of me. I really enjoyed playing for him. Um, I was absolutely gutted when he left. As, as, as gutted as I've been, and I've I've played for a lot of clubs and a lot of managers have left in my time. Luton, I think, had three or four. Loads of times, people have left for various reasons. If they're doing well, they've left, or they've just left. Like Jim Harvey left because his heart attack. Loads of different things have happened, but that was the that was as most gutted. And I think I what thirty one at the time as most gutted and sad as I, as I've ever been when he left because. I felt like we were on. I felt like we were on, we were on a line of sort of it coming good, you know. Um, the lads loved him, so when he did go, the the disappointment in the lads, you know, and we were struggling. And this is the thing: we I think we drawn so many games at, at one point. We drew sort of I think it was ten or eleven games or something stupid in a row. When we should have probably won them all, but we were on this unbeaten run, and it just felt really close to to coming good. Um, it's, so it's when he left. It's one of those, isn't it, whereby you you kind of look at it two ways statistically, can't you? Say, well, we've not lost for yeah, and that's what it was. We've not yeah. won for that long, and it's just like one loss can. It, yeah. like I say, it was so close to turning yeah. wins into wins. It was just. It was. It was. It was honestly. It was such a. I was. I was so down the night when I heard he'd gone because I thought. And, and, and so were the lads. The lads were absolutely gutted. And you don't usually get that, I'll be honest. You're in a change room and usually if you're struggling a bit like that, lads are happy to see the back of the manager. Like, yeah, get someone else in or whatever and not really care. But the lads generally really cared for Martin. You know, I think you could ask any player that was there at that time. They'd say, what a guy to play for. They loved him. Absolutely loved him. I mean, you might get the odd one who was sort of out of favour, but in general, the lads absolutely loved him. And it was, it was a big disappointment when he left for me, sort of. Because the day the day he got sacked, it was really struggling for players that day. We, we really show our players injuries and suspensions. I remember Dentsy, we had three or four came in on the day. We we're playing solid hole, and we were like four or five players injured. So, I was just like, we are really short today, really short. We ended up losing, and then he then he went, and I was just gutted for him because he was great. He was honestly, a great guy to play for. He seems like that. I mean, it shows as well with the fans that the fans all really liked him. And we're, and we're kind of really sad to see him to see him leave, just yeah. seem like a nice guy. He's kind of looked like he wore his heart on his sleeve, and you kind of yeah. got what you saw. There's a few. There's a few things. I mean, he's that old sort, old school sort of manager, which you don't see many of them around now. Everyone's going a different way now. Where, I mean, your James Roy and your Nathan Johns are a different sort of guy who sort of dedicate everything to being that manager. You know, who's got all the qualifications and studied everything and. You know, knows everything. He um, he was total opposite to that. You know, he was sort of doing crazy things, man management skills. He was just just you know such a such a character. But like I said, there's not like I said, there's not many of those around anymore. Um, you don't really see too many those sort of fading out a little bit. Did you did you the players have a bit of a chuckle about his his kind of a signing announcements that he used to put on the website? 
Oh well, yeah, I mean that was the thing. I think he got. I think if he, if he's honest himself, a few things didn't go too well for him. I think he was a little bit. His recruitment were probably a bit wishy washy in terms of who was he bringing in, were they, were they the right people? Um, yeah, there's a few things he, he and he'll probably have I mean, himself. He could have done a lot better with, but actually, it the motivating players and you know get them going for a game and being being a good guy, you know. Always ask how your family was. Always ask how you, you know, you might be really struggling. Football's doing your head in, but how's your missus? How's your kids? Like, how's your dad? Bring your dad in to have a chat. You know, just a real, real good guy. Chat to anyone. Just a, just a great guy. Um, I suppose it's hard to hard to say really, but do you, how do you think things would have gone differently if they'd have kept him on for a bit longer? It's, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, that was the one thing that I sort of thought. He were a bit, you know, his recruitment was sometimes a little bit it's a miss. Like, is he just sort of picking players up and giving them a go and seeing what happens uh, rather than, you know, real structure? Like, he probably got in place now, you know, but it, the lads liked him, I'll be honest. Whether the team was good enough, I don't know. They probably let him down in some games, but the lads, I can tell you now, you could ask any player that was there at that time, the lads loved him and they still talk about him to this day, you know, what a great guy he was. During your time at Chesterfield, you scored some. You scored a few good goals, didn't you? You scored a handful of really good goals. And I, I mean, I was looking at your career, and you've 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 never been massively prolific in terms of goal scoring, but you've obviously chipped in wherever you've been. Yeah, well, I always like to chip in with you. Probably throughout my career, I should have had a lot more, really. But I do tend to score. Um, I've scored some absolute belters in my time. <laughs> they never sort, never usually get the tappings. Um, they've always been. I have scored some good. You know, even at my time at Luton and wherever Forest Green swinging, I did score some absolute, you know, you know, good goals, which you know I'm proud to look back on. I'd like to have got a few more, but yeah, um, I did get a few good ones at Chesterfield. I enjoyed my time. I loved it at Chesterfield, no doubt about it. I absolutely loved it. And I'd love to have gone a little bit better in terms of the team, but myself, I, I know coming away from it, I gave absolutely everything for the time I was there. You know, I think I trained. I think I was available for every single game that was that was there. Whether I got picked or not was another thing, but. I absolutely give it everything. Yeah, and definitely we saw that as well. You know, you can tell when you've got players that have got a work ethic to to go out and 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 give it a go and give their all. And you were definitely on that yeah. list, definitely. It, I, it was sort of, it was sort of. I think it, I, I played that many different positions at Chesterfield. I don't think probably Chesterfield fans saw actual my best, you know. But I know that I know. When I played in midfield, I felt like that was my most comfortable position, and it's because I could show what I could do, you know, rather than your right backs and your centre backs or wherever, which I could do a job at, but it's never been my most. And and I've I've been a victim of that a little bit. I've seen I we've had injuries, and I played centre back, I played right back. It's always been sort of, oh, smudge will smudge will do that, you know, put him there, and I will because I'll give everything. But you know, nothing beats sort of your natural position. Yeah, is that versatility a bit of a? Curse and a blessing sometimes. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. And I think it, we had a tough period at Chesterfield where I would turn up to a game at half past one and I didn't know what position I was going to be playing, what formation I was going to be in. And that was the every week, you know, I'd turn up not really knowing. And I always used to like to think about the night before on the day of a game, what am I going to be doing today? What sort of position? What, what's my job? Mm. Whereas there were a time at Chesterfield um, that I just... Uh, that was it never happened from week to week I just didn't know until the day of the game what was going to be going on which obviously didn't help me or the team I wanted to ask you as well about pressure because I'm reading Neville Southall's book at the moment which is really really good um, which is kind of different to any footballer autobiography I've ever read but he did a chapter on pressure and how you handle it because obviously during the time at Chesterfield it was trying to turn the club around and trying to get the form going in the right direction and a lot of pressure coming from outside from the fans and probably from higher higher in the boardroom and down to the manager. How is one of like the senior pros do you did you handle pressure? Yeah, I, I felt the pressure, I'll be honest, but I always I always felt like when I was under pressure, that's where I get the best time out of myself because I know it means it mean, it means something rather than it doesn't really matter today. It always meant something. Every game at Chesterfield seemed to be a pressure game. I don't know why, but every game seemed to be mean to win today where we are, you know. And I think it probably it probably 
it probably didn't help the team. I mean, at times you might go one nil down and you'd feel, you'd feel the pressure building up in the crowd that oh they're gonna lose they're gonna lose again today. Just, you know, let's get ready to go for them. And it wasn't it wasn't nice at times, but like I said, for me, I enjoy, I enjoyed that bit of pressure, that bit of something on it. You know, it means something. I think you know, and it, it always felt like that at Chesterfield that every get every game means something here. Like we this club. This club needs to be turned around. It's down to us now, uh, and there were some tough times where it didn't go right, you know. But that's football, I suppose. Yeah. Do you get some kind of um, uh, kind of fractious parts on the on the training ground when when things are like that? Does does it kind of spill out from some players? It can do, yeah. And the, 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 I always try and you know, I'm, I'm, I try my best to try and keep the team together because you always get those clicks and you get people that want to blame someone else, you know. And I, I've always been honest. Like I was part of it. I was part of some Chesterfield teams that didn't do too well. And it's all right for me to sit here and go, "Yeah, I give my best. It's not my fault." But I was part of that, and I was on senior guys, and I was captain sometimes. You know, it's not. So for me, I, 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 you know, I take some of the responsibility. And if, but if you can get everyone owning that responsibility, that that can really help. But unfortunately, you don't get that. You get people. It's a blame culture. It's not my fault. It's the midfielder's fault. They're not passing me the ball, you know that sort of thing. And it, it's, it's difficult to get to get people to take the ownership. I've always sort of, I always try to get that in myself and the team. Did any of the like boardroom and ownership kind of things that were happening in the background? Did, did any of that ever kind of? We just got. We once got told that um, it was the chairman that came in, um, Ashley Carson, and said that the. The um, looking to sell the club, and they told the players that. Look, to be honest, we've had enough. We're going to sell the club, you know. And that that came across to the players, and that was the only time I ever remember that them really getting involved. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting times. Reed sends it forward. Clough underneath it. Amanchi. Ball finds its way through to short. Smith with an effort. And that's the equaliser. That's her first effort on target. And and I'll ask you a bit about John Sheridan because we had the real highs of John Sheridan, obviously in that Johnson's Paint Trophy final when you were at Swindon and during that time, obviously won the league the year before with him. But then he came back and it really didn't work out second time around with him. Um, I wonder how you kind of found it under John Sheridan. A real struggle, I'll be honest. I thought one of the toughest times in my career, just because, like I said earlier, pointing out to usually you do your preparation all week, you work on your tactics, you work on who's going to play where, what the jobs are, what the strengths of the opposition are, how we're going to win this game. That's always been the way that I've that I've been brought up and to play football. Was under John Sheridan, he's none of that ever happened. We never really did tactics or who's going to play, it was always sort of, we used to call it team bingo, doing the bingo in the office to see who's going to play because at, or who's going to play where, I'd, I'd be driving to a game not knowing if I'm going to play right wing back, right back, centre back, centre mid, defensive mid, attacking mid, and it was just sort of find out at two o'clock and then start trying to get your head around what, and if you've got 11 players like that, it just, you, you just, it just ends up being hope for the best, hope that it just comes off, hope the lads just pull it out of the bag and in football these days, like, it's, it's difficult to get away with that because you can have the best players in the world, but the best team will always win. So if the team are more organised, team know the jobs, how they're going to play, who they're playing against, you know, what 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 is our tactics today? Um, so John Sheridan, you know, there, there wasn't tactics. I'll be honest, there wasn't. And he, I think he just, I think as much as he was a great football man, he was a great player. I think he just struggled with the level. He come into a struggling team and just struggled with what he had um, probably used to better players I don't know but he, he just didn't work and it just it just felt a real struggle every, every week you know it was just sort of I don't know how it's going to go today like, I always turn up to games thinking we're going to win today but we're often turning up to games thinking I, I don't know how it's going to go because I don't even know where I'm going to I don't even know if I'm playing or where I'm going to play at the moment you know that's a hell of a way to start isn't it <laughs> to start a game day and like did you then find just yourself and other players kind of working out between you what you were going to 
do during a match? Because if you've got various players only just found out the position, then... I mean, to be fair to John Sheridan, he, his point was, look, you're all professional players. Like, you, it's a game of football. Let's not overcomplicate it. And fair enough, like, I agree in, in some ways that, yeah, sometimes players can overcomplicate and make excuses and tactics and all this sort of stuff. But the way, in my opinion, the way football is now, every team is well prepared, you know. Mm. You, you can't just sort of turn up and hope that it's going to work. I think you need you need the tactic because everyone else is doing it. You know, everyone else knows what Chesterfield do. I, I mean, they must have watched us and thought, no idea what they're trying to do. It must have been <laughs> no idea, but they, they, were, they were seeing weaknesses and, 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 and exploited them. So it was a struggle at times. I mean, sometimes it come off and we had some great results, but that was probably just the lads being motivated on the day and it just coming off rather than like what we've done all week working. I've got to say, sometimes as a fan, you get that, you get the team sheet at like just after two o'clock and you're like, yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. But under a lot of the time under John Sheridan, you were like, right, who who is right back? <laughs> what, must have been tough. I'll, I'll be honest, it must have been tough for Chesterfield fans to, 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 at that point because they must, like you say, you don't know what team's going to turn up and then every, every week or what how we're going to play, or is it going to come off? And you might get the first goal and then end up winning because, oh, you got first goal and confidence and lads or whatever. But then when you don't get the first goal, confidence drops, what are we doing? Everyone doing different things. Are we, are we, are we whacking it forward to dense? Are we playing for what we're doing? Do you know what I mean? It's just, at least from the Martin Allen, we did play a lot of long ball at times, but we all knew it was happening. So we all knew it's going long. Do you know what I mean? As long as you're all on the same page, then you've got a chance. Yeah. Here's Hollis, plays a clever ball in. Short, could be a dink into the box, it's a dangerous one, it's in! Chesterfield level on 90 minutes. A dinked ball into the far post, no one picked him up. And it's into the back of the net. And we're all square and it's Jonathan Smith. And John Pemberton, talking a lot about managers, but it's just really interesting. So John John Pemberton, he seemed like a really decent, honest bloke. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of put you back into position, didn't he, when he came in? Great guy, yeah. He came in, first thing he said, I'm going to put you in centre mid. And I just, he just gave me confidence straight away. And he's a proper football guy who, you know, he knows the game. He's had a great career himself and he's a very good coach. He's one of the best, you know, he, he's a really good coach, puts on a great session and... The lads love the lads love playing for him because he, he come in and he was bubbly and we we had a bit of a plan all of a sudden and it, it, it was no coincidence then the results started picking up. Uh, I think his hands were tied a bit at the start of the next season just because he just didn't have anything to spend on anyone. Like the 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 cut, I took a huge cut to stay at Chesterfield that year just because I enjoyed playing for him and I enjoyed playing for the club. I could probably I I would have got more just playing part time round the corner, you know. But me. For me, it wasn't about the money then. It was about, I want to play for a big club. And I like Pembo. He's a good guy, good manager. But his, hand, his hands were absolutely tied with the budget. I mean, we were all sort of recommending players to him, but he just didn't have anything to bring in. We had, he had no money to, to bring any players in. We were just really short in a, in a lot of areas. And then obviously results started off a bit sticky. You know, a few last-minute goals that cost us and then, I think he just felt that the time was right for him to move away from it. Yeah, and like you say, like when he came in first and kind of we pulled away from relegation that season, he kind of stopped the club from falling a bit further that would have probably happened if they'd kept Sharon in a bit longer. So he needs to take a lot of credit, doesn't he, for... He does, because he's he stepped into a tricky job at a tricky time and, you know, he lifted the lads, lifted the club and... Yeah, he deserves a bit of credit for that because even at the start, start of the next season, you know, he's working on an absolute shoestring budget you know, to try and get any sort of player in he could, you know. Um, to, like some of the wages some of the players were signing on were sort of, you, you get more at McDonald's, do you know what I mean? It was that sort of thing. And he's just, I don't know, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but it was a tough job. Yeah, and it was quite an admirable thing, wasn't it? In the end, he just decided to resign, didn't he? Which you don't get a lot in, in football management. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think he was taking it home with him a lot because he cared so much and he loved the club so much. 
he, he was taking it because I, I got I got to know Penmo very well and I think that he was hurting him a lot and the odd last minute goals he was really taking it home with him and I think probably had his chat with his family and said look is is this is this is this what you want because this is this is what it's like Every, you know football is like this and I think he probably thought deep down that actually it's better for me to move away from it and you know let someone else have a go because this 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 is probably like I said, it mattered so much to him that that you know it was bothering him in his probably his family life. How did that kind of conversation go with the players? Did did you just find out from someone else, or did he kind of announce? Yeah, we just found out from the club that he's gone, and we, we, I mean, a lot of us were really disappointed because we felt it was so early in the season and we had time to turn it round. But you know, these things these things happen, you know, and it probably it's probably you know worked out for the best in in the long run for the club, you know because whether Pembo would have been a long-term thing, I don't know, because of the way, way he felt when he left. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, it was tough to take at the time. Mm. Who, who did you really like playing with at Chesterfield? Because obviously we had, had a lot of players over those uh, kind of three seasons. I wondered if there was anyone you felt like you had a good connection with on the pitch. I enjoyed playing with Big Dents just because of, even on and off the pitch, just a great guy. You know, great round the lads. Just, just you know, even his, even his. I mean, sometimes his style on the pitch is, 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 is you know, a bit long ball and direct. But he's actually a really good player on the on the on the ball as well. Just enjoyed playing with him because it's something different to what I'd ever seen before. David Buchanan pl- enjoyed playing with him. Shwan Joal Shwan enjoyed playing with him. Joe um, Yarny enjoyed playing with him. Yeah, a lot of the lads really. I think it's it's hard to pick out. I don't think there's anyone I dislike playing with. I, I, whoever I'm playing with, I'll try and give it my best, you know. And I know more often than not that they're trying the same. And yeah, Zavon Hines was another one who don't have to get mentioned. I just think that he was a great, he was a really good player, um, great ability, one of one of you know the most talented players I've seen in my in my time. Um, and I, I really enjoyed playing with him as well. I suppose it's difficult, isn't it, when you've got different managers coming in and going out. It's hard to get like a really settled squad for a long period, isn't it? When things like that, because managers then come in and they want to then bring in their own players, don't they? It's, it must be yeah, difficult. It's tough. it's tough, but that that is what happens in the lower league, isn't it? You know, there's that much change over players and managers that I suppose you've just got to you have just got to get on with it, you know. Yeah, and kind of your latter period at Chesterfield. So obviously James Rowe came in, and yeah. then all the pandemic happened and everything as well, and it's all. Um, I mean, it was a really odd time to be a footballer, wasn't it, during that whole pandemic? It was, yeah, to be just be told there's not there's no fans or you're at home now. Um, it, it was a, it was a tricky period, and someone would get COVID and you'd be off for two weeks. I actually, I actually really enjoyed playing for James. Rowe. I'm still I'm still in good contact with him now. You know, although I didn't play many games for him, you know, I felt like he was, you know, he, he's a good coach, he's a good guy, and I can just see that he he wants to do really well. Um, He's dedicated his life to it, and I, to be honest, I don't think I ever got a big chance under him to show. I think every game I played, we we did we did well, we won, but I think it was sort of I never really got that full chance under him. I don't know if his mind was pre-made up, but I've never I've never sort of fell out with him or lost respect or anything because his his remit was to come in and totally change everything, and you know he got money to spend to do this, that, and the other. It would have been nice for me to still be there and still play a part in what he's doing because he's obviously doing good things. You know, he's been allowed to bring in some top players for this level. But yeah, I think you know I did I did enjoy playing for him, and I, th- I think you know it was unfortunate that I didn't get to, to, to more of a chance. But I, I understand that's football and. I'd been there a long time. I'd been captain. I was always going to be one that probably got looked at as if, yeah, we'll maybe move him on and get, you know, we'll try something different. Which, which, which is like I said, it's football. I don't, I don't know if you want to comment on it or not. You're fine if you don't want to. I can edit it out. But then we had the whole furlough situation where some players got furloughed, and obviously they got plenty of flack on social media. Um, that was all. It was, it was all weird how that played out in in the media, wasn't it? Even though it was a very very small amount of players. Yeah, it was, it was like I say, it was a strange time. Nothing, nothing I'd seen before, and lads were sort of getting, lads were getting pulled in the office and getting told they're going on furlough. Um, and some lads are saying, "Well, I don't want to go on furlough. I want to stay and train." Well, you no, know, you're going on furlough because 
the club need the club can you're not going to play and let's save your money you know what i mean that's the, basically what was going on which is which is you know it's a business decision isn't it for me i never got sort of offered the furlough thing um but then towards the end of the season, I sort of had a good chat with James Rowe and I was out of contract in the summer and I started to realise that I weren't going to be staying. Um, so for me, it was just about, he, and he was fair to me. He just said, look, go, go and have some time with your family. You've been professional football now, 17 years, done all this time without a break. Have a couple of months off now, break, and go and sort out what your next move is because he was basically telling me there wasn't going to be a deal for me next year, but go and have some time now to sort yourself out. And I, you know what? I, I, I thank him for that because I actually did. It gave me it gave me sort of two, three months to really sort out and really work out where I wanted to go in the next stage of my life because I knew sort of once Chesterfield ends, do I want to go for a year here or a year there? You know, I, I got I had the chance to go to sort of Yorville or like your Weymouths, you know, teams like that for a year's contract. And I just thought, where am I in my life now? I'm coming up to 35. Am I ready to go? to just do a year at Yorba just to be the sake of a footballer for another year. And, and I wasn't, but because I was given that time to really sort of think about this of James Rowe and the club, and that really helped me, you know. And I know, obviously, the club got a lot of bad press about the furlough, but actually that time that I was given really helped me, you know, be able to move on with my life. Mm, yeah. And and what, what are the plans now? So obviously, FC United of Manchester kind of... Uh, playing with them but tell us what other stuff you're up to as well yeah I've, I've got um I've been there's a private school near me and they're really big on the football and they've given me an opportunity to come in and run their football whilst doing my teacher training so I sort of got I sort of doing I'm doing my teacher training on the side of doing while working at the school um and then once I get this qualification then the, the, the aim is and the ambition is providing it goes well on both sides is that I'm going to be running the football program for them full time at that school which is which is which is what although this year is really tough because I'm doing a really hard teaching qualification which requires a lot of effort and time and obviously there's no salary to it um, but long term it's what I want to do I want to be sort of in education more than I do sort of staying in football just because you know, you get great holidays for one. You know, it's a lovely place to work. It's sort of, this is a really nice school where they've got great facilities. And I just enjoy being in the school environment rather than sort of plugging my way through an academy and having to move here and move there. And, you know, I just think for me, if I can stay in football a little bit by playing a bit of part-time or doing my bit of scouting for Luton, which I've been doing whilst doing this um, whilst doing this role, role at um, school, then, you know, that that is the aim. And we've had a few players that have gone into that, like Chris Beaumont, who was part of the FA Cup semi-final team. He's a teacher now. And Glenn Hurst, who was on a few weeks ago, he's kind of combining teaching and working with Marines. So it's uh, there's quite yeah. a few that go into that kind of really. It's sort of, for me, after Chesterfield, I sort of had a bit, I had those two months to really get all this into place. I was able to make the contact with the school, get onto the course I wanted to get on. Whereas if I'd have been still been coming in training every day with Chesterfield and not getting picked, it still takes up your whole a whole of your time. So driving from Preston to Chesterfield, two hours plus every day there and back, I, I, and then the season would have ended, and I'd, I'd have ended up probably just having to take a contract at Weymouth or something, you know, just because I had to. Whereas that time that was given through COVID and Phil or whatever whatever you want to call it, whatever time James Rowe gave me there, that time. I used really well. I used to get this set up and now I'm in the school where there's going to be a future, hopefully going to be a future role for me just running a football programme, you know. And the travel as well, not having to travel around because it must be hard as a footballer not, you, you've always got a, a contract end date, haven't you? Wherever you are. Yeah, and exactly. You with, with me, know where you're going to end up. Yeah, with me having two kids, like I said, my old manager, Darren Saul, is, is the manager of Yorville now. and He was my manager at Stevenage. I get on with him really well. And he was really trying to persuade me to go down there and do another year at Yorville. But when I was thinking about it, for me, it was sort of, I'm leaving my kids, my missus, to go down there. I'm going to I'm gonna have to live down there. I'm going to have to get a flat. Money's not going to be great. When am I going to see my kids? I'm going to have to drive back from Yorville to Preston for the sake of a year in the National League. You know, and, it, and, it, and it sounds bad because I'm turning down a professional contract, but because I'd given so much to it before, I just, I just you know... I put things in place and I just thought 
I want to take the opportunity with the school rather than a year at Yeovil. You know, but Yeovil might end up winning the league and I might regret it. But you know what? I had to make the decision and I did. Yeah. So to finish off, I just wondered if you had any finish off on a on a highlight of of your time at Chesterfield. Were there any games that kind of stuck out or periods of time that you just really yeah, I mean, the, the unbeaten run under 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 Martin Arm really stood out in terms of, although it was a lot of draws, it was just a crazy time, but such an enjoyable time. Just really enjoyed that with a great group of lads. You know, I enjoyed I enjoyed scoring the goals under Pemboy. You know, they, when I when I when I scored a few cracking goals, especially against I scored one against Wrexham. Oh no, was it Wrexham? Was it or was it Fylde? I scored one against Fylde, I think my left foot, and I don't get money on my left foot, and I've been practicing so much my left foot, so that that always sticks in my memory because I volleyed one in with my left foot. And you know, that that always springs to mind. But yeah, just I had a great time. I love. I, I still look out Chesterfield, and, and like I said, I'm still good friends with the manager. I still chat to him now and again. Some of the boys, and you know, I really, really do hope that, that they can get back get back in, into the football league because it is. They've got proper. It just feels like a proper club, proper fan base. And you know, I did really enjoy my time. Although it didn't go as for me, I'd have loved to have been the person that. Got on, got on back promoted to football league, and I love that to have that to my name because that that was my desire when I went there. And unfortunately, we we couldn't get it done. But you know, I do hope that they can do it because well, they will do it. They'll do it at some point, whether it's this year or the year after. They will do it because they've got the right things in place now. Good manager there, who, who you know knows what he's doing, and I just think that it will happen at some point. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, you definitely. Uh, it was a, such a turbulent time for the club, but you definitely personally, I think, come out of it with a lot of credit in terms of the way you played and the, the graft that we obviously saw on the pitch. So, No, I appreciate that because, I mean, often people don't obviously realise, you know, you, I give my life to that club for three years. There was never sort of thinking about anything else. It was just the next game, the next train. I, I, I give it absolutely everything I could. And maybe Chesterfield probably caught me at the back end of my career when they probably didn't see me at my amazing best, but I'd like to think that they saw me, you know, giving everything I could on and off the pitch. You know, every time I put the shirt on, 